Next on BYUSN, how have our season expectations changed for BYU football after the Cougars shutout win over Sam Houston? In BYU safety Ethan Slade talks taking over at safety and why Saturday's shutout was not a fluke. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store Official Outfitter of BYU Fans Everywhere. I am Jerem Jordan. Welcome to the program. It is Wednesday, September 6th. How about women's soccer getting ranked number one? We'll also talk to Cody Feger about the addition of Marcus Adams Jr. and a little know the foe to get to know Southern Utah. But we begin today's program with a conversation yesterday from Spencer Linton with Ethan Slade, who's been thrown in the mix a little more now with Micah Harper out for the season, Talon Alfrey out for the time being, and Ethan Slade playing some strong safety. Here's Spencer's conversation yesterday after practice. Ethan, as you've reflected on a shutout in the opening week, what do you feel like was the number one component of BYU's ability to shut out Sam Houston? What, what was at the top of the list that prevented them from scoring points? Um, I would say the way we prepared the, this entire fall camp and leading up to the game. It's been the expectation that we were going to go out and show the world that this defense has changed. And the way we practiced and prepared for that definitely played a part. And that's kind of what had to went, went into Saturday is just the way we prepared. And the expectation is a shutout. And that's it every week. We want to win. We want to do everything we can every week and play the best football we can as a defense. So it starts like days like today in practice is preparing for those games. So much for low expectations. Yeah. I mean, you set the bar at no points allowed in game one. You get Southern Utah coming in. So what is the message from Jay Hill been as you transition from week one to week two and, and maintain the expectation of, another shutout yeah the the expectation from jay is he's been saying to show everyone it wasn't a fluke so that's kind of going into practice today that was the mindset is we got to do it again this week it wasn't just a one-time thing that we can do it week in and week out what do you feel like your defense is doing best right now oh hey cody epps is joining us so i just want to give a shout out to ethan slade he's a freaking baller he's been here for a minute Ethan is a product of stay the course, never give up, and your opportunity will come. So all the kids out there, if you want to look up to somebody, look up to Eastlade. I love that. Hey, <laughs> Thanks, Cody. A, a guest appearance <laughs> from Cody Evans. Yeah, 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 clearly he's an Ethan Slade fan. Okay, we'll get to uh, some of what he said in just a moment. But going back to my questions, what, what do you feel like the defense is doing best right now from a skill set? Is mm -hmm. it tackling? You already mentioned preparation. Like what's happening best right now? I think our tackling's been phenomenal. I think we only had five missed tackles that entire game, and that's a huge difference to the step up from last year. Um, we're all flying around at the ball, something that Coach Hill and the entire defensive staff emphasizes in practice is bursting to the ball, even if the play's away from you, you have to go towards the ball as hard as you can, and that shows out in games, everyone's swarming to the ball, and if the guy's draped on a tackle, there's gonna be four other guys right there in the area to make that tackle, so. You have been thrust into a pretty big spotlight. Yeah. Unfortunately, Micah Harper goes down, and he was, in a lot of ways, kind of the heart of the physicality of the defense. And then Talon Alfrey goes down. So how has your role shifted since those two guys have gone down with injury? Um, well, taking on a starting position role, it's, there's a, a lot of responsibility with it. You don't want to let your teammates down, your coaches down. And it's an opportunity I've had for myself to go out there and show that I prepared and worked hard for this. Um, it's definitely a bummer that those guys were out. Those are my good friends. It's nothing I'd want to wish on anybody. I love those guys. But when an opportunity arises, it's, you just got to take it. And that's uh, what I'm trying to do right now is take the advantage of everything I've been given. And I've worked hard for this, so I'm excited to be where I'm at right now. Both of those guys are strong safeties. Do you see yourself in that mold, or are you kind of a hybrid safety? Um, I like to think I'm a hybrid safety. I like the physicality of strong. 
but I, I like to play both. Um, there's a little bit of different the way you play both, but I like to think that I like to be a little bit more physical. But either way, I'm just, I told Jay Hill at the beginning of fall camp, whatever gets me on the field the fastest, put me there. So. Well, here it is, and, and you are a strong safety now. What do you like better, like yeah. if you had to pick one? Honestly, probably strong safety, yeah. I like being in the box a little bit, being close to the action. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay, with that said, as you look at the defense, specifically in the secondary, what's it like to play with corners like Jacob Robinson and Cam Garrett and Eddie Heckard, knowing that they're locking things down on the edge at least through one week? It's, it's so much fun playing with those guys. There's no worries when we come to man coverage, whatever coverage we're in. I know those guys are going to do their job, and I have complete trust and faith in those guys. Um, when it comes to me being in the box and I have those guys playing behind me. So it's super fun and easy to play with those guys. I'd say it's just easy to play with them. We're with the hybrid safety. Yeah. Let's, make, let's put that on record, the hybrid safety. Corner, <laughs> a deep safety linebacker and end, and all five. Not just safeties, you just, just versatility, Mr. Versatility or Ethan Slade. What do you know about Southern Utah's offense and how do you feel like they're going to try and attack BYU's defense? Um, they do throw that they brought 50 50 we feel from running and throwing um, they're going to try to throw the ball as much as they can I'm not sure they're going to be confident in what they saw last week with our corners and how they played but they're true to that they're going to run the ball wide and we're been, we're expecting them we're just we're amped up to play we're we're studying as much as we can we're preparing they're a good team and we're going to retreat every week the same we're going to go out and give everything we have it doesn't matter coach Hill said something cool I liked he said we're playing a nameless face team I think nameless that was faceless nameless face opponent so it doesn't matter if it's Alabama Southern Utah it's the same thing for us so what's your relationship like with Malik Moore and how does the dynamic of you two working together play out man Malik's my guy um, coming in just as a little freshman and looking up to Malik I thought he was he was the it guy he was the talk of the team and I've always I kind of took him as a mentor um, I was I was trying to show up do extra workouts with him watch watch extra film be around him as much as possible and just through that, we've had a friendship grow. Now we're golfing on the weekends, hanging out. But yeah, Malik's, Malik's one of my best friends on the team. And I'm just grateful to be playing alongside him. You beat him on the golf course? Oh yeah, no, he's not even close, <laughs> no. And the fact, if he ever says that he's good at, better at golf than me, that's a lie. <laughs> we, we're taking note of this for a later interview yeah. with Malik Moore, trust me. <laughs> Uh, we'll finish with this. Cody Epps comes over and he says, Ethan Slade is a prime example of the stay the course guy. Mm -hmm. um, walk us through your path at BYU football, like where it started to where you are now as a starting safety. Yeah, that's a, it's a big question. It's, it's, it's hard to think back that there's times like when you feel so down and you feel so far away from your goal, especially right when you're starting and maybe even a year or two in, you're like, I'm never going to, get on the field and be where I want to be but just like Cody said stay in the course and doing the things that you know you need to do and getting better every single day and me a saying me and Puka had was just get one percent better every day stack the days and eventually cream rises to the top you they can't they can't stop you so just every single day even if you don't see the product the return on investment just keep doing what you're doing and eventually your time's gonna come and you better, you wanna be ready for that time. You don't wanna be the guy that wasted his opportunity. So just know that if you do the things that are right and the things that you know you need to be doing, your opportunity will come and you, you better be ready to take that opportunity.
the opportunity is now, yeah. Ethan, and you have shown that in game one. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in game two. Some about these Orem guys, Jacob yeah. Robinson, Puka Nakua, okay? I mean, Kingsley Suamataia. Yeah. What is, what's going on in Orem? Man, we've been together. I, I said it in my other interview, we, I'm not kidding, fourth grade is when we started playing all together. So I've known those guys my entire life, baseball, basketball, football. I've played with those guys since a young age. And I don't know, we just, as a team, we stuck together through it all, ups and downs, and we try to make each other better every single day from a young age. And it's so much fun to be able to come out and see those guys performing at a high level. It's like a dream come true. So um, it's just a blessing to be able to play with those guys. You heard it from Ethan, stay the course, 1% better, and go Tigers, yeah, right? Go Tigers, yeah. <laughs> Ethan, thanks for the time. We're going to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the game. Appreciate you it. take it, you play well with it, all right? Thank you, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Hey, he's got the karma as Spencer Linton uh, joins me. Yeah, Ethan Slade, fun conversation, by the way. Um, he's been thrust into the spotlight and performed well. We also saw Crew Wakely and Raider Demuni at strong safety in the game as well later in the game. That's a position that obviously has been decimated by injury like we talked about. But, uh, hey, so far so good. And at least the standard's low. We want to shut out every game. Mm. Right? <laughs> so much okay, for the low then. expectations. And what an interesting standpoint that he presents. You know, he said you know, a couple of years ago, like, being so low, thinking I'm never going to get on the field. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm never going to be able to do what I actually want to do and play for BYU. And now he is – relishing in the moment and taking advantage of his opportunity. He is starting for BYU. Not an ideal situation for Jay Hill and the safeties group to have those two guys out, but listen, it's, it's to use an oft-used uh, cliche, uh, it is next man up with Ethan Slade, and he's the dude now. And so to his credit, he's playing well. He's taking advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, and uh, Justin Miller, Southern Utah quarterback, is one of the best quarterbacks they've ever had. So they'll push the ball down the field and challenge those safeties this week. And then K.J. Jefferson sitting there next week with Arkansas. And then uh, you got all kind Jalen Daniels with Kansas. So the challenge mm. kind of increasingly gets more difficult here in the next couple of games. So I heard this week from one of the BYU defensive linemen that – we were so worried about Sam Houston's quarterback and his ability to run around that we, we had to limit a little bit what we were going to do as far as aggression. He's like, this year or this time around, uh, this is a passing quarterback. So just expect he, us to pin our ears back and go after Miller's him. not going to run. Exactly. So, yeah, you can get after him. Yep. All right. Okay, join us for Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio coming up at 1 Eastern time Saturdays. Get you ready for BYU in Southern Utah, an FCS opponent for the Cougars. Check it out 1 Eastern on BYU Radio this Saturday. Up next, have your expectations for BYU football changed at all after the game against Sam Houston? Are you freaking out after one week? This is BYU Sports Nation. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Let's get to it and discuss some knee-jerk reactions, potentially. All rise and shout. Let's roll out what's trending. Glad we got the win. Guys, you got to smile. We got the win. So a lot of the offensive guys are not happy. Defensive guys are fired up because we got a shutout and got turnovers. Um, but I just want to make sure they know that we win and lose as a team. What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. 
BYU, yes, did not look super sharp on offense. Managed 14 points in a 14-point shutout of Sam Houston. But naturally, because fans are going to fan, things start to look a little bit dramatic. And there were some knee-jerk reactions across the BYU fan base. So What'd you call me? <laughs> Calm yourself. <laughs> you knee-jerk. So, Jerem, looking back at week one, yeah. have your season expectations changed at all after BYU's performance against Sam Houston? Uh, not yet, no. Um, Am I concerned? Am I uh, highly aware? Am I watching closely what the offense will be doing in the next uh, couple of weeks? Absolutely. But uh, I'm not jumping to an offensive nuclear conclusion quite yet. Many have. Um, I still think 6-6 six and six in the regular season. That hasn't changed anything for me. Uh, SP Plus gave us some insight into kind of how BYU did. They had BYU's offense 68th. Now, I think that we all think it would have been like 130. Mm. It's like, no, they were worse. As, as bad as that was, you can look around, even in the league, and go, could have been Baylor, lost to Texas State, could have been Texas Tech, yep. lost to Wyoming. Like, there, there were bigger issues. Now, does it give us joy to look at the pain of others? It sure does sometimes, Spencer. <laughs> it sure does, um, especially when Utah loses. But what real joy comes from doing your best, and BYU has not done its best yet, right? Uh, we didn't see BYU's best on offense. So uh, defense ranked 54th in SP+. I would have thought it was higher. It uh, was 54th, okay? I would have thought top 25. That's interesting. Um, special teams, 89. I was like, wait, didn't sorry, Ryan Rico just dominate? Like, what? Uh, that may take into account kick return, punt return, and so on. Um, no, everything's in front of BYU still. But if BYU scores in the 20s this week, mm -hmm. then we have an issue, okay? Uh, more panic will set in. But honestly, it's going to take, uh, obviously, Sam Houston and Southern Utah, you should put up points. And if BYU doesn't, put up points. I, and this week, honestly, I need to see 40-plus from BYU. I really do. If BYU's in the 30s, okay. that would be okay. But what is, why would we think that BYU would score less against Southern Utah than they will likely need in the Big 12 in a couple of games to win? That is the concern. That is the sort of, oh, no, is this Portland State 2017 idea, right? Robert and I once told us that uh, we said, how long does it take you in a season to feel like you know what you have? And he said six games. Six games to really to know really what you really have. really know. Now, okay. now, with this team and this offense, we will have an indication of what is not there if they don't get to 30 points on Saturday. Okay. There is pressure on this offense to perform. But it's an FCS team. BYU 17-0 against FCS. The average score is 48-10 in BYU history. Like, they should put up points this week. The last time these teams played, BYU won by 30. 37-7. You know, BYU scored 37 points. That was with Taysom Hill, granted. Even that was low. But we, we said after that game, oh, I thought they'd score a little bit more than that. Well, you know? when, uh, when it's 2016 and you're 9-4 and, and you're 12 points away from undefeated and you have an NFL backfield, <laughs> yeah, you should score more than 37 <laughs> against SUU. But I, I tend to agree with you. Like, we should expect BYU to put up at least 30. In fact, Coach Fitzgerald in Southern Utah yesterday said, BYU is a way better team than Arizona State. He, yes. To, to yes. quote him, and, and I'm I paraphrasing. Have it. I have it somewhere. Okay, right you've here. got the, the exact quote. Go, B, go for it, though. 
essentially he said BYU is way better than Arizona State. Like if they play this week, BYU against Arizona State, the Cougars would win 28-0 or 35-0, something to that extent. He yeah. said that BYU head-to-head yeah. is that much better than Arizona State, citing that because yeah. he said we as a team need to be way better than we were against Arizona State because BYU is a much better squad than they ASU. Pre- they were pretty good. Uh, I mean, they only completed eight passes in the game. But they blocked a punt and returned for a touchdown and made it a game. And there was a two, two-and-a-half-hour delay at halftime. Uh, we don't expect the same team to show up against us on Saturday. They have good coaches. They're going to fix some problems. Uh, BYU is going to make their biggest jump of the year from week one to week two. So, oh, he said college football programs that are coached well. And BYU is make their biggest jumps week one to week two. We'll be ready. They'll be ready. Should be a fun game. A couple of things that I saw at practice yesterday when I was preparing to do that interview with Ethan Slade. One, Keanu Hill on the practice field getting some work in and essentially saying, I'll be back soon. Like, I believe that he's going to play against Southern Utah, and I believe he wants to just to have somebody out on the field that has significant experience in the BYU offense. I was thinking about it last night. Between Darius Lassiter, Keelan Marion, Keaton Slovis, Parker Kingston, how much, how much experience do they really have together at BYU with full game reps? Last there's week, just, there's just not a ton. I probably put too much stock into the idea that they were going to come out and be ready to roll because we've heard so much about right. chemistry and right. we heard from Aaron Roddick, the offense looks really good. Sometimes when you get into a game scenario and you get the game speed, it just it takes a minute and yeah. it, it can be sloppy. Like really the only person on that field that had played significant moments in BYU's offense last year in a skill position were Chase Roberts and Isaac Rex. And even then, Chase had his uh, couple he, games out. Yes, he played Isaac limited was games. 100%. Yeah, so it was Connor Payne, Kingsley kind of leading the way, right? To, uh, you know, a couple thoughts. Uh, one was, we thought the experience at other places would equal quick starts still. But let us not forget. Let's just, game one next year, let's not forget. Game one, uh, if you have a ton of experience on BYU's team coming back, that can lead itself to an explosive game. It certainly did in uh, 2022 at South Florida with most of the 21 offense back. That was great. But when it's something like this year, no, it takes a sec. But it was Sam Houston. There's that element, too, of like, yes, very uh, respectable FCS team, now an FBS team, redshirted guys, da-da-da. Still, 14 points was not enough. Like, Mm. BYU was capable of much more. Again, Pure joy is like doing your best and, and uh, living with that, right? And then you look at, you know, other, other things, uh, like we talked about, the, the suffering of others. <laughs> Sometimes Schadenfreude, can, I believe, is can, the word. Can be uh, joyful, you know, if uh, <laughs> your, your rival is or whatever. But, yeah, BYU certainly got to do better, and we've talked about a bunch of different um, elements there. But Kalani Sitake um, said uh, in the press conference yesterday, uh, Monday, he said, we're all experienced now, though. That's not an excuse. We've all played a game. We're all in it. I guess Keanu Hill and Cody Epps have it. But will the, I, I, don't, I don't want those guys to be relied upon too much to win. It's like, I want to see Aiden Robbins run for 100 yards on mm. Saturday. I, obviously, that was not a confidence game for him, 7 for 23. He's certainly capable of much more than that. I want to see Deion Smith in the screen game against Southern Utah. I also want to see LJ Martin, but I think it'd be a little weird to be like, hey, um, LJ is getting all, the majority of the carries right now. It's like, oh, shoot, we're going there against SUU right now? BYU will need all three of those guys yes. this year, by the way. Like, don't, don't uh, think for one second that BYU does not need Aiden Robbins' awesomeness. Just because BYU played one game and he struggled, 
there's get there's gonna be all kinds of struggles for guys throughout the year in various games. Yes. You gotta pick each other up. Get that and the man defense is gonna have a game where they give up a bunch of points in one and BYU loses. It will happen. But so far so good on that side of the ball, and then you figure it out on offense, starting with the run game. Now I mentioned seeing Keanu Hill on the field yesterday was it was good. Yeah. Like I, I like to see yeah. him out there. The, perhaps the best thing I saw, and the, the interview with Ethan Slade was awesome. He, I, I appreciate and respect what he is doing. But as I was interviewing him, I saw Keaton Slovis and Nick Billups, backup quarterback. Bill Barr, employee number one. Okay, that's right. Walk over behind me. In fact, he checked me. He's like, hey, we're going to go do some stuff on reads and signals, pre-snap stuff. I, I just want to make sure this doesn't get on BYU TV. And I was like, yeah, for sure. You head up there. But he was working with Keelan Marion, Darius Lassiter, Cody Epps and Chase Roberts specifically to work just timing stuff, just pre-snap timing stuff. Um, this is after practice. This is of their own accord. Yep. But I thought, okay, now that that's a leader. That's a leader in Keaton Slovis <clears throat> and getting those guys on the right page and the same page so that we don't have guys running the wrong routes in the yes, same place. Totally. We're in the wrong place rather than being in the right place. Yeah. Yeah, like I love Procedure to see stuff. that. So yeah. just they spent extra time after practice because they know that it wasn't sharp in game one, and so that was encouraging to me. And that's what got my train of thought going. Well, these guys haven't spent that much time together in the BYU offense. That was their first game together. For Keelan and Darius, they weren't here in spring. They came later. Exactly. So yeah, and then not having Cody and Keanu, now those guys are front and center as opposed to like the fourth and fifth. Sort of, okay, you come in after the incumbent three receivers that we talked about. So, yeah, that's that's a real thing. Not to mention dealing with a heavy heart for, uh, you know, Julius Papinga and uh, Matava Taese's dad. Like, that, those were things on the mind that certainly were part of the equation. Yeah. Should be, does BYU need to sort of deal with those things in a manner to produce more points in the future? Sure, but that's a really human thing, yes. right? Yeah, the point is it's too early. After one game, too early. all those factors. Yeah. If BYU comes out and looks similar to what they did against Sam Houston when Southern Utah takes the field at Lavelle Stadium, now it's super legit. Then we can maybe concerned. start to alter some expectations. Now you could be concerned right now. I think that's fair. But if it's if you do that against uh, Southern Utah, it was not the same ilk of FCS that Sam Houston was. Now there's a real issue because you are bearing down on an SEC road game and then the number one offense in the Big 12 in from Kansas, last year in Kansas. On the road. And then it's a short week with Cincinnati, which, uh, you know, BYU should win that game. But the Cincinnati D-line is legit. I would argue n- number one or two in the Big yeah. 12. They're really good. So I, d- I don't know that the Cincinnati offense is super explosive uh, in year one under Scott Satterfield, but let's see. So Get, get some guys gotta, back. Like, we need to see some real goodness. Yeah. We need to see some excessive amount of awesome on Saturday and be like, <sighs> Okay, we're good. All right. It is a, what we're calling, worst take Wednesday. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> what, is, what is this? We need to be held accountable to a degree. And some of you, frankly, that joined us last week, some takes on social media. Hey. What was the worst take that you have heard, seen, in regards to BYU football recently? <laughs> we we want to hear from you, okay? Now, I'm going to revisit my headlines from Friday when we did Sunday's headlines today. So Mm -hmm. last Friday, I had two headlines that I was expecting to show up in Sunday's paper as it pertained to BYU football's performance against Sam Houston. Number one was Cats KO'd, and number two is Big 12 Brigham means business. Now, the Cats KO'd is where I was way off. I expected the game to be well in hand 
midway through the third quarter, which what is what do you why mean it I was? Used... It was seven nothing. Oh my goodness! It it wasn't fourteen to nothing until the first play of the fourth quarter. Okay, <laughs> seven point game. Wow. At the end of the third quarter, which takes away like the whole knockout thing. It felt like this game. It, it went the distance. If this was a 12-round fight, it went all 12 rounds. Which it was like, why is this going BYU on? BYU had won yeah. the majority of the rounds, but they hadn't really knocked down the opponent. So, like, I don't feel like the game was ever super in question uh, or, or worried in the fourth quarter, for that matter. At 7-0, it was in question. Until Jacob Robinson. When it's two scores, so you're a little more comfortable. Right. Yeah. So uh, the KO did not happen. It took all 12 rounds for yeah. BYU to finally, you know, throw enough, land enough punches Thanks, to, to win this TKO. Um, but the Big 12 means, or Big 12 Brigham means business. Like, that was more of a defensive-minded approach. I, I feel like the defense absolutely does mean business. But, yeah, they were not KO'd. I was way off. I said, uh, I said the following, which somehow made it on BYU TV again today. Uh, what the hill? Uh, Jay's defense delivers. 100%. You Nailed were right that on. one. Hey. Right on. Hey, got that one. Right uh, on. Provo stays weird. Slovis throws four TDs. <laughs> uh, Slovis ran for two TDs. He had never done that. By the way, Keaton Slovis's 40th college game is coming up on Saturday. Okay. Um, Max Julius played in like 50 games, by the way. It's crazy. And then the other one, Sam Houston, we have a problem. BYU's 41 7. <laughs> I mixed a you couple of numbers in there. You were way off because Sam Houston didn't score any points, Jerem. That's exactly right, and I need to flip the four and the one. <laughs> okay, at Matai Cosmonics, I saw a tweet that said the Sam Houston game was top five worst performance. Top five worst performances? That, there's no such thing as worst performance in a win. Like, there's been pl- – trust me, even recently, we, we can talk about Michigan and LSU in 15 and 17 that were yeah. some of the worst performances those, those BYU's ever bad. had. How about BYU losing different. at Liberty the way they did last year? At Oregon. That, that, those were like the game at Liberty would Boy qualify State, more as like one of the worst performances we've seen from BYU football, and every single coach on that staff would agree with me in Bo- that statement. Boy State twenty one was a tough one. But Matt Icosmo yeah. is saying like, yeah, this is this is that's a bad take. And, and that's, again, that's a worst take. Again, I know it's not ideal, but BYU's one and zero. You could be Baylor. Think about what Baylor Sports Nation is talking 41 about. Forty one to Texas State. Yeah. There's your forty one right there. <laughs> Jordan Royal on X says that mission trips give BYU players an ultimate edge since they're older. That is an all-time bad take. Old, reliable. That That is is an all-time bad take. That's in the Hall of Fame of worst take Oh, yeah. It's the Hall of Amazing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Check out BYUSN Game Day coming up Saturday at 1 Eastern time as Cougars get ready for Southern Utah ahead of the game on ESPN+. Let's go. Uh, The guys, get you ready Saturday, 1 Eastern on BYU TV. Up next, what is this? An all-time winningest coach at BYU out of retirement and back coaching at Utah, of all places? This is BYU Sports Nation. What? BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. That is Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. Football continues to prep for Southern Utah on Saturday. Defensive coordinator Jay Hill says BYU won't take any team lightly. We, we overlook nobody. Every team that we go up against <clears throat> is going to have our full attention and focus in. The reality is those guys had a really good shot to beat Arizona State last week. And if you overlook anyone in today's world, you're not very smart. 
What if I told you eight of BYU's 11 coaches coached or played at F the FCS level? They, they get what this game means, Yes, right? they know. Six at Southern Utah, by the way. Another football news, Jacob Robinson named to the PFF Defensive Team of the Week. And Ryan Rico is the Ray Guy Award punter of the week. Well earned by nice. Rico, for sure. Co-MVPs of that game. To go back and to Jay Hill's comments. An but Let's go back to Jay Hill's comments. <laughs> respect the game. Like Respect's Eddie Hecker told absolutely. me that yesterday. Respect the game. Absolutely. Respect the opponent. In case you missed it, BYU women's soccer ranked number one hey. for the first time in program history. Coming in atop the poll in the latest United Soccer Coaches Rundown. Wow. The Cougars move up six spots from number seven to numero uno after the upset of previously unbeaten and number one ranked UCLA. Also of note, Loveni Vaca on the top drawer soccer team of the week. Kendall Peterson was honorably mentioned and named the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week for a second time this season. And Ellie Walbrook on the College Soccer News Team of the Week after a goal and an assist in the win against her former UCLA Bruins. And she scored a goal against Utah Valley as well. Men and Women's Golf released their 2023-24 schedule. The women's team opens the season September 10th through the 12th. Sam Golden Invitational in Corinth, Texas. Are they the Corinthians then? The men's team opens the season at the Bearcat Invitational in Cincinnati with Skyline Chili on September 18th and 19th. Wally Thane of BYU Men's Tennis, speaking of rankings, earns a number 103 ranking among all college singles players in the ITA National Preseason Rankings. Just so we're clear, that's not a relationship status conversation. That's the actual tennis part of that game. Alexa Grand Canada took bronze in the Norseka Continental Championships. Congrats. And how about this? Former BYU women's basketball head coach and the all-time winningest coach in program history, our friend Jeff Judkins, Juddy Buddy, has taken a job with Utah women's basketball and their head coach Lynn Roberts as an assistant coach of player development and community ambassador. Interesting. Much more on that in just a moment. Those are today's headlines. Now we opinionate in the whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. As mentioned, Jeff Judkins is back at Utah. What do you make of the move? He played at Utah. He was an All-American at Utah. He's beloved by Utah. He coached at Utah. Base. He coached at Utah with Rick Majerus. If he's just, you know, on the sidelines, and still has something to give, I, this makes complete sense to me. I know that he has a great relationship with Lynn Roberts, but frankly, I wish he were doing it at BYU, Jerem. Like, I, I wish that Juddy was somehow still involved with player development or doing a, something in a similar role at BYU. Or an admin of some kind or something. But I get it. Yeah. Like, I understand 100% why Utah went after him to do this because he's a great resource Please. and he still has a lot good. to give. Yeah, let's get All right. yeah uh, I, like from his standpoint, yes. From Sweet. our standpoint, it feels really weird to have Juddy come out of retirement and go to Utah. Just I'm the second even best though he coached and and played there, I get it. But the idea was, oh, I thought you were retired, um, and he's more than welcome to do whatever he wants, and obviously is comfortable with both schools and everything. But as a BYU fan base, it does feel a little weird. I'm gonna be honest, and we love Juddy and wish him the best and everything. But it does see a little weird to see Jeff Judkins and the U back logo at U again. Back at Utah. I thought you were one of us. And he still is. I'm not <laughs> he saying he's not. He is. But I, I, I don't know how to say it other than it just feels a little yeah, weird. Yeah, I love Juddy. Yeah. Selfishly, I wish he were at BYU yeah. still doing this, something similar. We're, we're uh, I guess we're jealous. That's kind of what it comes hey, down to. Hey, Jeff. Hey, what are you doing here? 
do. We're going to see him this year. I love, I love year. that man. Yeah. I love that man. Yeah. All right, stay with the women's sports topic, specifically number one ranked BYU women's soccer. Yeah. What are the chances they're still ranked number one for a long while after this? They play at Utah Saturday. There's been some weird games over time up there. Hopefully, BYU can uh, come out victorious. BYU has no ties, by the way, through six games. All wins. Big 12 opener with TCU. TCU has fallen a little bit, a couple losses there. Um, so that's a huge one at home at Utah State, uh, and then it's Big 12 play. So I think, listen, there is a chance the BYU goes the distance undefeated. There'll be some ties in there. But 2019 had a 21-1-1 team. There's a chance that this team can go on a run sure. where they don't lose in the regular season. I think they are that good. They are capable of that. Now, I just saw the schedule again, and, and – you already pointed out one of them, the Big 12 opener against TCU. That's a huge game. The Horned Frogs have fallen to number 25 in the national rankings, so maybe they're not still as good. strong as we thought they were going to be, but they're still, still a top team. 25 team. And now you have the number one on your back, by the way. That BYU's never experienced what Everybody's they are doing this week. Everybody's gunning for you. Everybody is looking to do what BYU did last week. Yes. Texas is the highest ranked outside of BYU other team in the Big 12 conference, and that is a road contest. So that, that should be a very steep challenge for BYU. But, Jeremy, if BYU can get through those two, I mean, even if they pull, like, a road draw against road Texas. Road draw would be fine. Fine. You take care of business against TCU and then handle all the other teams you're supposed to beat. Like, this this is a special team. Like, they got a real shot to go unbeat. Not, I'm not saying they'll be untied. They got a real shot right. to go unbeat yeah, unbe this season. Unbeaten means no loss. Right? For a, sure. A Portland State football player had part of his ear uh, you know, ripped off during the Vikings 81-7 loss to Oregon on Saturday with the helmet, something weird happened. Ow. Would you rather be that guy or a puddles Oregon's duck who had to do 536 <laughs> pushes? I'll hang up and listen. Oh, man. I'm sorry for both, first that, of all. That's terrible for the player. That, yeah, it's I, I, as hard as push-ups are, and I try and do a bunch every day, and I don't like them, uh, 536 push-ups sounds awful. Having your ear partially ripped off yeah, no thanks. Is, is worse. I've been ripped off at like stores, but not my ear. You know oh what I'm saying? Oh my goodness. Like, oh my. Can we get that guy terrible. like some significant NIL money? May, like notably from like an ear, nose, and throat doctor or something? <laughs> Jeez, Golly. That's rough. That was all right. Wait, and here's a picture. Just kidding. You know. No, 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 <laughs> no way. Nine years ago today. Taysom Hill hurdled hey. over Texas en route to a 41-7 win. There's your 41-7 yeah, again. We wanted a, uh, a win over a team from Texas, 41-7. 41-7 win over the Longhorns in Austin. Will you ever tire of watching or seeing this no. play? I went to this spot during the summer when I was in Austin, and uh, the person who took the picture for me said, do you want to do the hurdle? I was like, no, <laughs> I do not. But I do want a picture in the spot. Yes, I do want a picture in the spot. So no, that's it's a beautiful play. It's one of the best. Yes, I uh, just the I, it's an iconic moment. We have shirts with that image, screen printed onto it. The memes that you know where we we uh, photoshopped in Bevo and Taysom's riding the bull. <laughs> Super funny, but we talk about it often. Like the play earlier in that game where Taysom runs like 65 or 70 yards for a touchdown. Got called back because of a bogus holding penalty on Jordan Leslie. That was the moment. That, that was a Texas shot across was, the bow. Texas is like, like, oh crap, oh, not no. again. Oh no. The white dude in the knee brace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Wall Street Journal created its new uh, 2024 best college rankings based on graduating on time, make some decent money after you graduate. BYU was 20th, fifth best power five, Stanford, Vanderbilt, Florida, Duke. 
Best top 20 ranking right now, or is that soccer? Uh, it's 100% number one ranked BYU women's soccer. Mm. First time in program history. We're spoiled in, in terms of academia at BYU. Like I see this and I'm like, yeah, this is what BYU is. a legit is. school great, in every great university. facet of a well-rounded person's life. So uh, they probably shouldn't be punished, but like we've just seen so much of this. Like the number one ranking has never happened before. So I'm absolutely giving the edge to the I'll take top team. 20 in this. this is good. Yes. There's a couple schools I didn't see on there. Sorry. Uh, to the intellectuals that are upset with my choice. <laughs> Some members of the BYU men's volleyball team went to DI in Provo, Jerem, and thrift shop for each other for day one of school outfits. Yeah. Who wore their respective outfit best? Uh, Trent Mosher has a wig, so he wins. <laughs> There's some absolute gems at the DI. Look there at that Jackson Simpsons outfit. Yeah, Tion Taylor looks really good. He has like a Roosevelt <laughs> shirt and Orem High shorts. Boy Scout uniform. Luke Benson in a Boy Scout uniform. <laughs> but ultimately, Cosmo wins everything, and this is what Cosmo looked like on his uh, his first day fit. It, yeah, suit, what just stud. straight up suit, but he's got like what the fur shoes. What a baller! Straight baller status. Just drippy, <laughs> drippy McDripperson, dude. <laughs> up next, let's discuss some BYU men's basketball, specifically oh, yeah. the addition of Marcus Adams Jr. joining the staff to push toward the Big 12. We got Cody Feger, assistant coach in Studio B, to talk about what it took to get Marcus here and what type of player he is for this Cougar squad. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B, and it is our absolute pleasure to welcome back into the Cougar Council Room once again BYU men's basketball assistant coach Cody Feger after some very exciting news for men's basketball with the signing of Marcus Adams Jr. Oh, he's just coming back from Europe, too, a couple weeks ago. Just coming down from that. How was that, by the way? Incredible trip. Um, Italy, was second time there. Uh, it's beautiful, but it's really hot during that this time and no air conditioning and no ice <laughs> so that was great the gyms were really hot no mm. no air conditioning um but italy was incredible uh and then croatia i i didn't even know it like people talk about croatia here and there yeah but that's the most beautiful place i've ever been that's what people say it's like it's not the first place you go to in europe but the people that go are like, this is You super need legit. to go there. And yeah. it was hot there too, right? But you guys were jumping off uh, like pirate ships <laughs> yeah. into, into the water. Yeah. Did you walk the plank, Cody? Uh, I did. There was no plank, but <laughs> some of our guys jumped from the highest part. Yeah. I did not make it to the highest part, but. Including Mark, right? Oh, yeah. Coach was all, coach was all, was about, all about it. it. I was recently talking with Brian Santiago um, about the influence of Kreshimer Ciosic in Croatia. And just like you say his name, and it's like this—he's—he's people love him so much. It's—it's it's almost like he's just like he was the president of the country at one point. Like, what was that like for you? It was incredible meeting his family, his statue, like the courts named after him, the facility. I mean, it was—it was incredible. And to hear those people talk about how much you know BYU meant to him and things like that—it was just—it was so special. Our team absolutely loved it. It was—it was really cool. I was really happy to get you there. You played in Kreshmir Chosic Hall. Yeah, and there that was is the, so cool. The family was there. And what an experience. Like, we're huge uh, Chosic fans, which is awesome. Back to what Spencer was saying. Marcus Adams Jr. 
How do you get a kid of this ilk to BYU? Because that's a huge signing for the program. Yeah, it was an incredible job by our players and our staff, right? Um, like as soon as he jumped in the portal when he was leaving Kansas, uh, you know, we reached out to him. You know, uh, it was coming down to us and Gonzaga. And then he just, you know, kind of decided on Gonzaga after a quick quick deal. And then, you know, a month go, goes by and he didn't feel comfortable. We were on our trip coming back from Croatia. Mm. We got back Sunday and he texted us early Sunday, which was Saturday evening for him, saying, hey, I just decommitted. Would love to talk to you guys. Uh, we, we waited until everything was, you know, for sure that we, you know, we talked to Gonzaga first just to make sure. Um, and then we got him on a visit as soon as we could. Coach Pope did an unbelievable job, our staff. Uh, we got him on a visit and, you know, he loved absolutely everything about it. Him and his mom came out. Um, Coach did a, built a great relationship with him quick. You guys know how great he is. Um, our players did an unbelievable job. It was awesome. Wow. Okay. So you get that news. You know, what, what's going through your mind in that moment, Cody? Because you are coming back from vacation and you're like, well, so much for a nice, easy transition <laughs> back into work. And that yeah. was, uh, you know, the news comes out on game day, but people were talking about Marcus Adams Jr. ahead of the football game. People were excited about hoops that day. Yeah, well, like you said, yeah, we're, we're coming back from the trip and all of a sudden, you know, get a text message, hey, I'm, you know, released from Gonzaga, sent a screenshot, and... We were just like, all right, well, we got to get him on a visit. We got back Sunday night. We get him on a visit Tuesday. So we got to go through all that kind of paperwork. And that was, he's got to come here and see everything. Um, our staff did an unbelievable job getting us, getting us going yeah. there. Um, came and really enjoyed our, spending time with our players. Um, and we only had so many players around at that time because <laughs> we were taking the week off. Yeah, school hasn't started yet. School hasn't started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the kids like, he wasn't sure if he was going to come or not. And we're like, hey, just get us your transcripts, get us everything, fill out the application. And, you know, if you like it, let's let's just make sure we can get you in school and go from there. And our people did, did what they needed to do, yeah, got him in school, awesome. and he committed, and it was incredible. Hey, Nate Austin, uh, help out here. Director of Austin, <laughs> you got a lot to do, right? Uh, Nate's a busy guy. He's clearly loving the reception from BYU yes. and BYU oh, fans. He is, you FaceTimed him, right? Yeah, rock? yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. He, he is absolutely loving it. You know, he's uh, he loves to FaceTime, so he'll call me just – Random time, Coach Pope, all, our whole staff, right? And he's just, that's what he's about. And he's so excited to spend time with the fans. And he's like, just want people to have his back. So he's excited about that. He'll have that uh, 19,000 strong, which would be awesome in the Marriott Center. Okay, so Kansas, Gonzaga, now uh, BYU. He's applying for a waiver. Do you guys feel like he's got a shot at playing this year? Because that would be awesome. Man, I really hope so. I really hope so. Um, but it's all up to the NCAA, right? You know. So we'll see. We'll see what they want to do. We don't have the best history with the Yoli, <laughs> thing, right? Like, hopefully, the other day I said, "Please give us what you didn't do with Yoli, which is just a fair shake." Yeah. Exactly. We're you due. Know. Dang it! Yeah. Sometimes you feel like you, they just close their eyes and throw a dart at the dartboard, and <laughs> all right, no for this one. It's like, okay, yeah. so we'll and see. Who, and there's a lot that goes into those decisions. Now, for Cody, sure. I mean, when you throw out names like Kansas and Gonzaga, like, these are programs just with crazy tradition. And certainly they have a, a lot of money. It, because he ends up at BYU, it doesn't feel like he's the type of guy or the type of player that's chasing that type of stuff. He's chasing something special at BYU. What made him, in your opinion, want to choose BYU over those programs? I would say being around our players and being around Coach Pope, our staff. Like, 
he just he loved every part of that. Um, you know, he. I was talking to his mom for a little while, and his mom's like, "I've never seen him talk so much to players and different things like this." Mm. And wow, the whole time, and he just felt he so comfortable. Yeah. yeah, the connections he had here, um, and he's just so excited for the Rock and everything. As soon as he said he was coming on a visit, you know, his Instagram was blowing up and Twitter and all that stuff. And Cougar likes, Nation did he, its thing. He, he likes all that stuff yep. too. So what, what uh, high cool. school kid doesn't? Right? Exactly. Like, they, they all do. And he's got more followers on his Instagram than our men's basketball team Ooh. does on our, the, our the official account. Yeah, he's at like 87 or something, and we're at like 53. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Okay. With that said, uh, you and Mark have been very vocal about the role of NIL and recruiting and whatnot. Uh, you know, moving forward, what's it going to take to continue to get more guys like Marcus Adams Jr.? Whew. I mean, we're still not where we need to be. We're getting better. Um, so we're going to keep on pushing that we need, we need more NIL. Um, that is the number one thing that most kids talk about. Marcus is not that type of kid. That wasn't mm. his story at all. You know, he's just like, man, this is, I, I just feel like I love this place. I love these um, connections with the players and staff and mm. everything. That was the most important thing to him. But for most kids, NIL's a it, number it one. Matters. It yeah. matters. It matters. It matters. Yesterday I said I didn't feel like BYU could get a kid like Marcus Adams Jr. without NIL, but you're saying that is not as big of a role as perhaps perceived. 100%. Okay. Especially with Marcus. Yeah, he is – he is – he just wanted the right situation, right fit. He wanted to be around this type of, you know – type of guys that we have and that was really important to him. That's awesome because not everyone understands what BYU can offer in that sense. It's not just about basketball, although it's going to be awesome with basketball. It's a full experience, right? As the Wall Street Journal has validated. Yes. In the number 20 <laughs> ranking today. Cody, great sure. to have you with us. Uh, we're out of time, but I, I, I didn't, I couldn't think of a comparable yesterday in terms of like a player. Who does Marcus Adams Jr. play like? So BYU fans kind of know what his game is. Um, I would say there's a little Carmelo Anthony in him. Okay. Like he's okay. skilled. Like he can like hoodie, me- hoodie melly, mellow or like regular mellow or. I would say you know, younger, growing up like mellow. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Yeah. You're right. Like, he's really skilled. Can mm-hmm. really shoot the ball. Um, really good decision maker. Uh, good athlete. Um, and he's got a pretty good motor too. So mm. he plays pretty hard. Another guy called me yesterday and said he had some Paul Pierce in him, too. Okay. Mm. So he's, he's a good player, guys. He's uh, we'll very run skilled. with Carmelo Anthony and Paul I'll, Pierce. I'll take both. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's amazing. Cody, thanks for the time, man. Super exciting. Thanks, Cody. Congratulations to you Appreciate and the staff. It. Appreciate you guys. Good luck to the Packers. All right, up next, um, let's get to know the foe a little bit. You think you know Southern Utah football? Southern Utah is a program, a school? Well, we'll see. I uh, got destroyed in this last week, so I need to show I hope up. that happens again. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm the BYU office. I'm- BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio B. Time for Southern Utah edition of Know the Foe. From the shadows, Jeremy. We revisit the of the Know the else. Foe. Yes. I'm going to stand over here. I got one. Yeah, right there. There's, right. there's some light. So basically, if one of us gets the question wrong, the other gets a chance to steal the point. That's how this thing works. Yes. Right? I lost three nothing last week to Shep. He dominated. <laughs> he dominated. All right, let's play know the ball. How much okay. do we really not know about Southern Utah? Yeah. All I know is I'm in the darkness and gray. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like Kevin James. 
<laughs> don't, yeah, now do I get to slap you like Will Smith? No, they Never got food. do that again. They got food at the party. Okay, here's right, question here's number, number one. Here's question number one, Spencer. We'll start with you. All right, all right. BYU wide receiver coach Fessy Satake, <laughs> top five in career receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns at SUU. How many touchdowns did he catch during Behold, his career? I, I We lit up the studio, and Paul, maybe that makes me answer the question. I'm going with Sweet 16. Correct. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Let's go. All right, Jerem, your first question. Southern Utah is known for its <laughs> national parks. How many national parks are within a five-hour drive of Southern Utah University? 10, 15, 20, <laughs> or 30? It can't be 30, 20, or 20, 15. Went to Bryce this uh, year. It was awesome. I wouldn't think it's 15. <laughs> national parks? I, I have think, no idea. I would think it's 10. 10's a lot. I thought it would be lower than 10. I'm going to eh. 15 for the win, Colton. It is 20. 20. What? 20 national parks within a five-hour drive. I guess Colorado. I guess you got to go into right? Colorado, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, well. New Mexico. I was mostly there's, just thinking about there's Utah. There's a ton. Okay. All right, next question. Southern Utah is located in Cedar City, which is well-known for its Shakespeare Theater Festival yes. that takes place every year. Okay. What was the first ever musical produced in the Ingolstadt Shakespeare Theater? Okay. Phantom of the Opera, Sweeney Todd, Cats, or Grease? If you get it wrong, do I get a pick? Yes. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Cats. Oh! I'm going Phantom. Oh, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Todd. The legend of Sweeney Todd. I think we're done. Right? That is the last question. Yeah. Do I win? Spencer wins you one, win one nothing. nothing. <laughs> I stick in this game. Sweeney Todd. I had yeah. no idea. Let's get out of here. All right. Uh, it's Worst Take Wednesday. What's the worst take you've heard in regards to BYU football recently? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Zach underscore Vandy on X. Zach, hey. Any take that involves fans suggesting changes that need to be made. It was week one. The coaches now have the chance to make the necessary tweaks to realign players with the game plan. Fans suggesting that any offseason planning and prep be tossed out the window is comical. Yep. Give it another week, right? Well, yeah, let's go. If there are issues this week, we can talk more seriously. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Women's soccer continues to elevate number one team in the country for the first time ever. Congratulations to Jennifer Rockwood. Last five years, she's taken this team to another level. It's unbelievable. Yes, they have gone next level, as you pointed out on X yesterday. Our thanks to today's guests, Ethan Slade and Cody Feger. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Busy Phillips Bowen. We'll see you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation. It's good to be number one.